Tonight we actually begin our study of the book of Proverbs, and for those of you who have been with us, I know there's been several interruptions to it, but most of what we've had has been foundational anyway. But you know tonight, if you've seen the bulletin, that I've entitled it Proverbs' Own Introduction because the book of Proverbs does give us its own introduction. Now, as I get into it, I want to just make a couple of statements, uh, and then we will go verse by verse uh, through these seven verses tonight, Lord willing. But I have already referred to the book of Proverbs as the manual for godly living. And I don't want to imply by that that the word of God in its entirety is not for that, because obviously it is. Just two familiar verses for a brief moment. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's a good reminder so that you understand in the context of our study what we will be saying and what we will be learning together. But we know from 2 Timothy 3, a well-quoted passage, especially in verses 16 and 17, but you know if you go back to verse 15, it says that from a child, uh, from your childhood, that's referring to Timothy, you have known the sacred writings or the scriptures which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And yes, we see salvation there, but then verse 16, all scripture is inspired of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be adequate or equipped for every good work or perfected or matured. So it is obvious, and I'm getting a little feedback up here. I don't know if you're getting it out there, but it is obvious that the entire study of the word of God is God's manual. And, and through the study of the words of the entire word of God, whether it be Genesis, whether it be the book of Numbers, whether it be Leviticus, whether it be Timothy, or the book of Proverbs, all of it is going to be profitable in helping us to understand God and understand what it means to walk with God. One other passage, again, I know you'll be familiar with is Psalm 119, purposely again selected. But go there to Psalm 119, and just a couple of verses we're very familiar with. So just before the book that we're studying, and then we'll go right back to the book of Proverbs. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. Again, well-memorized passage. And I personally think memorization is one of the things that's being let go in the Christian life. But we ought to memorize scripture. And here's a good reason why. Verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word have I treasured in my heart. Why? Purpose that I might not sin against you. So it is obvious that while I will be in the book of Proverbs, and we will be looking at a number of topics, because we said that to you in the beginning, that it is going to be a topical study as we deal with the book of Proverbs. Primarily, it'll be a, a topical study. And we talked about it being the manual for living a godly life, life that is pleasing to God. I don't want to give a misleading or make you think that the whole word of God isn't. That is true that the entire word of God is. But God has designed this particular book, as you will see again tonight, I trust, 
uh, to give us guidelines, especially to young people, especially to the young people. So with those opening comments, let's go back to the book of Proverbs chapter 1. We have already addressed why we're studying this book, and we've looked at an overview of the book. So now we're ready to begin a study within the book, and we look at its own introduction. Let me give you a little bit of an outline that the uh, first seven verses gives to itself. And it's not a very fancy one. It's not uh, anything original. It's pretty obvious when you look at it. An outline for this that sets the tone for the entire book. These verses set the tone for everything we will learn. Well, we have the title in verse 1. And then in verses 2 to 6, we have the purpose of the book. What is the purpose that the book itself says that is here? And then, as you already know, uh, we have the theme or the motto or the foundation for everything that we will be studying. In fact, I will let you know now, the first study that we will do, the first topic that we will deal with is found in verse 7. So that is the motto for the book. So let's start right in and let's jump into it to deal with the title tonight and go through this introduction that Proverbs gives us to itself. So I'll read verse 1 again. Here's the title. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of, son of David, the king of Israel. Now, there's a chance that some of you have not been with us, and others have been. So let me remind you of a couple of things. It says the Proverbs. The word proverb we've already learned just means like or means similar. And the way I defined it for us is that a proverb is a simple statement. However, being a simple statement, it's used to reveal a profound truth. So it's a reduction of words. So we have Proverbs. We have a reduction of words, some simple statements that are going to teach profound truths. And how will it do that? By using tangible images in life, by using that which we can relate to, that which we can understand. And so the book is the Proverbs. It is uh, a book of brief statements that will be profound. And then it says of Solomon. Well, we've learned a couple of things already, but let's again look at the verse. It says, <coughs> Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. And so in the very first verse, we learn that it is the son of David, the king of Israel. That is, this is the man that was the last king of the United Kingdom. So it is the Proverbs, it is the brief sayings, first of all, of Solomon, who was the last king before the kingdom became divided. Now, we already have some considerations that we need to realize. First of all, this is not all of the Proverbs of Solomon. Now, just in case you haven't been here, I'll look at one verse on this. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 4. We have seen it before, and I told you we would see it again. 1 Kings chapter 4. And while it's not new, we are now taking it as we go through the verse, verses of Proverbs. In 1 Kings chapter 4, uh, you'll see Solomon mentioned throughout the chapter and so forth, but for the sake of time, I want to get right to verse 32. It says, he also, that is Solomon, he's being spoken about, if you look at verse 30, his wisdom surpassed. We had already seen that verse. It says, he also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. 
we do not have 3,000 Proverbs in the book of Proverbs. So first of all, when he says the Proverbs of Solomon, it is not telling us in saying that that we have every one of the Proverbs that Solomon ever said here in this book before us. We also know, and I won't spend the time on that if you go back to Proverbs 1, we also know that he is not the only one that we will see wrote the Proverbs in this book. For example, while I won't turn to it, chapter 31 says the Proverbs, uh, these are the words of King Lemuel. So it's not just Solomon that is going to be giving us this information or these Proverbs. There are others. There are the wise men that we refer to and so forth. So as we see the Proverbs of Solomon, it's not all of his Proverbs. He's not the only writer. And further, go with me to chapter 25 of Proverbs. Chapter 25. We need to understand from verse 1 where it says, these also, now I already gave you the outline to the book of Proverbs, so I'm not going to do that again. But you might remember this. These also are Proverbs of Solomon. Now watch this which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, transcribed. Now, I'm turning you to those things just so as you go through the scriptures and we go through the very first verse, we need to consider those things. So what is it really telling us when it says that these are the Proverbs of Solomon? Well, it is obvious that the, it is made, being made known to us that he is the main source of the Proverbs that we are going to study, and he is. He's not all of his, nor is every proverb that, he, that is here Solomon's, but it's primarily the proverbs of Solomon. That is, he was the main source for God's manual on wisdom in this particular book. And it was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We know that because of what I turned you to earlier. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So Solomon was inspired. There's been Proverbs always. Before Solomon, there are Proverbs today. We've seen that. But these are Proverbs, not all of them, not only of Solomon, but primarily the Proverbs of Solomon, who was the son of David. And these Proverbs that are here in this book were under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to give us guidance. What's also interesting in verse 1, at least to me, is... Unlike most letters, especially in the ancient uh, Near East, but also as we look at our New Testament epistles, it really does not tell us who the recipient is. It doesn't identify. Normally, for example, you'd see this is the letter of Paul to the Colossians. You know who the recipients are. But while it does not identify it in verse 1, we have already taken the time to show you that its primary uh, target is young people, such as the expression, and I won't go through it again tonight, but just look at verse 8, hear my son. And that expression, my son, is uh, over and over and over repeated. So it is a great book that is giving brief statements, which are profound truths, to help give instruction to young people on how to live a godly life. But we also said it is also, while that's a primary audience, it is intended for all people so that we can have a life that would be pleasing to God. So it's a great book to study. 
And that's verse 1. That's the title. Now we come to verses 2 to 6, and we have the purpose of the book as identified within the book itself. Notice the English preposition to, and you can see that the purpose is brought out. It's used in every verse except verse 5 in verses 2 to 6. And here we have the purpose of the book as identified itself. He says in verse 2, to know, to discern, verse 3, to receive. You get down to verse 4, to give. You get down to verse 6, to understand. And you see this expression. So what is the purpose of these Proverbs that are recorded of Solomon? It's to know. It's to discern. It's to receive. It's to give. It is to understand. And we need to talk about those things tonight. So the purpose is outlined by the expression. And the same Hebrew word is used in each one of those verses. The only exception, again, is verse 5. But to look at the purpose, we have to understand the structure of the, the passage again. And this will indeed, so bear with me a little academics tonight, but this will set the tone for all the studies that we do topically. In verse 2, we have the summary. And I'll come back to it. In verse 3 through 5, we have the substance of the purpose. So verse 2 is a summary of the purpose. Verses 3 through 5 is a, the substance of the purpose. And verse 6 is the expression of the purpose. And I will explain that right now. First of all, verse 2. Verse 2 is a summary statement of the purpose and which is basically worked out in verses 3 through 5 and 6. How do we know that? Well, a couple of things. First of all, by the way, it's broken up into two parts. But I want you to note right away tonight that in the second part of the verse, it says to discern. Then when you get down to verse 6, it says to understand. That is the same Hebrew word. So verse 6 is just explaining the latter part of verse 2. And verses 3 through 5 are explaining the first part of verse 2. They expand upon it. So when it says to discern the sayings of understanding, to understand, we could say to discern a proverb uh, and a figure. It's the same Hebrew word. Let's look at the first part. It is to know. To know what? This has two purposes. It says to know and to discern in the verse. So these proverbs are given so that we would know and we would discern. What does that mean? Well, it's probably no surprise to you. To know is to gain intellectual knowledge. In other words, it is to know what God wants, to know, wants us to know about how to live a life pleasing to him. The first part of us being successful is to understand, excuse me, is to gather the knowledge so it's to know what God has for us. The second part is to discern it. That is, it is the expression of what we know. It's not just to know, and that's one of the problems today. A lot of people have Bible knowledge, but they don't know how to discern it. They don't know how to express it. And when we talk about discerning, we talk about expressing it. And that's why I said verse 6 is really the expression of the purpose. What does that mean? How to apply it. What that means, it's also, it's to know, and we'll deal with wisdom and instruction in a second, 
but it's also to discern it. It's to gather the information in, and then it's to unpack it, if you will. That's what the book of Proverbs is intended for. So as we go through, for example, let me set the tone. We will learn a lot about speech. And in the Bible, it will talk about, in the book of Proverbs, it will talk about the tongue. It will talk about lying. It will talk about when to speak and not to speak. So it will not only give us knowledge, it will also give us the discerning part of it, how to unpack it. It will not just tell us, when we cover the first topic, that the fear of God is where it all starts. It will then unpack it for us. It will tell us what it means to fear God. So this is a tremendous book in that it is not only going to help us to know something, it is also going to help us to discern, to be able to gain the knowledge and then show us how it really works, how it really is to be expressed or applied. Further, it goes into two areas, and I want to show you that right away tonight. It is going to deal with both the intellect, the mental part of our life, and also the moral part of our life. For example, if you look in verse 6, we have the mental. To understand a proverb and a figure, okay? If you look at verse 5, increase in learning. I am a firm believer that we need to be careful as Christians in the area of education. Two things can happen, in my opinion, that are both wrong. One is to minimize education. I am appalled, honestly, when I hear pastors, especially, I'll deal with my own profession, if you will allow me to use that terminology, who minimize education. I'm astounded. You have to have knowledge. The other extreme is those who believe education is the end in itself. It is not. You can have all the education in the world and not know how to apply anything. And if you study the book of Proverbs or read the book of Proverbs and you gain all of this head knowledge, that's good. But you've also got to know how to discern it. You've also got to know how to apply it in life, how to unpack it. We will learn such things as how to make plans in life. We will learn such things as how to parent. What is the role of the husband and the wife? We will learn such things as who really are the old men and so forth. It does deal with the gray hairs in this particular book, okay? And how we ought to treat them. It will deal with the elderly and how there's much that's done here. But it'll give us the mental learning but it also gives us the moral. Look at verse 3. To receive instruction in wise behavior. See? It's not just mental, but it's also moral. And this book deals with all of those aspects. We will see that the book is very blunt, where a father takes a son and says, avoid adultery. Great. But he goes further. He says, come with me. Look. Do you see her? Do you see the way she's dressed? Do you see the way she comes out at night? That's what it looks like. Stay away. Don't touch it. Run away. See? It will unpack it for us. It won't just say, 
stay away from adultery. It'll show you what it means to stay away. It won't just say, do not lie. It will say, what will happen if you do? It will say what it looks like, the damage that it causes, and so forth. So when he's talking about these Proverbs, though they be simple statements, it is to give us knowledge intellectually and also into in knowledge morally in the outworking of it. So what we need to know, so both mentally and morally, to do these things, how do we go about it? Well, he tells us right away in the summary verse. He says to know wisdom and instruction. I had some real fun in the study of these Hebrew words to look at it, and it goes where sometimes we don't want to go. The purpose of the Proverbs that are given is to give us, first of all, knowledge, and then it'll give us the outworking of it. But what do we do with the knowledge? What does that mean, wisdom and instruction? The word wisdom that is used here in the book of Proverbs is important for our study. Why? It means to have a skill. That's literally what the Hebrew word means. He wants to give us knowledge so that we will have a skill. So we will have a skill in knowing how to do something. For example, turn with me just to one book. I wanted to make it very simple tonight. Go to the book of Exodus. Book of Exodus. Chapter 28. And it's again all foundational if we're going to study the topics and we're going to go into a topical study to understand what he's saying right in the beginning. These Proverbs are given for a reason, so that we can gain knowledge, we can learn how to apply it. Why do we want to gain knowledge? We want to gain knowledge, first of all, so that we have a skill. In Pro Exodus chapter 28, um, in verse 3, yeah, 3, in verse 3, it says this. Now, most of the English translations have already done it for us. You shall speak to all, watch this, the skillful persons. That's the word wisdom. Same exact Hebrew word we're looking at. And what he's saying is you are to deal, and this happens to be with the garments, by the way, for the priest. These are called wise people. These are skilled people. And what he's saying in Proverbs, I want you to gain to know how to be skilled. The objective in everything, listen, the objective in parenting is to be a skilled parent. The objective in walking with God and using our lips is to be skilled in using our lips. It is to be skilled. And that is used over and over again. In fact, just in Exodus, a couple of verses quick that are nearby. Go to chapter 35 of Exodus. And verse, I think it's 35, I put in my notes. I hope I get it right. Yeah, 35, 35. He uses the word, the, the same word that's used in, in the book of Proverbs. He says, he has filled them with skill to perform every work of an engraver and of a designer. In other words, what he's saying, he's given them the knowledge, watch, of wisdom. That's what it means. When they are skilled, they have the knowledge, the intellectual understanding to be skilled to begin with. 
That's what he's talking about. And here, it wasn't the garments. It was the engraving. It was the embroidering and so forth. And if you look at chapter 36 right there, look at verse 1. Now, Bezael and Ololiab, and I probably bombed that name, and every skillful person in whom the Lord has put skill in understanding to know how to perform all the work in the construction. You see? And so Proverbs, is, we need to have knowledge, but it's knowledge of what? For the purpose of a skill. Bottom line, it's like this. In order to be a mathematician, you need to get the intellectual knowledge to be a mathematician. If you're going to be a medical doctor, you have to study anatomy. If you're going to be an athlete, you have to know the sport. If you're going to be a nurse, if you're going to be a musician, you first of all have to have the knowledge to help you to get the skill. And so when he says in verse 2, to know, intellectual knowledge, wisdom, the idea is he doesn't want you to stop at knowledge. He wants them, that is a good reason why I, if I go to the hospital, want a doctor that's got a doctorate, not an associate's degree. Don't cut me open with an associate's degree. Or don't get me on the table before you give me anesthesia and say to your assistant, would you get the book? I need to look at page 35. Get me out of here. Okay? And that's true in every area of life. That's why whatever God's gifted you in, let me take a, a little side trip here, whether it be engineering or whatever it might be, the whole purpose really of that, even in God's design, is that you gain knowledge so that you can be a skilled person. And he's going to tell you in scripture that you'll stand before kings. But second part of the verse is just as important, maybe even more important. Watch. Go back to Proverbs 1. These Proverbs are given so that we would gain intellectual knowledge for skill and, now watch this, instruction. That's the one I spoke to you about several weeks back. What do you mean instruction? The word here is discipline. It is to know that you need to gain information so you can become skilled, but you will never become skilled unless you also gain the knowledge that it requires discipline to be skilled. And that's what he's going to do with Proverbs. You have to be brought under training. You have to be brought under toil. In fact, this, right in Proverbs, go to Proverbs 3 for a second. I want you to see this. He says, in verse 11, using the same Hebrew word, my son, do not reject the what? The discipline of the Lord. Or you might have in your Bibles, depending on your translation, the word instruction, because it's the same word. And what he's saying is you ought to gain information. And this is what I told you that no one likes. None of us. In fact, let me help you, because if you were to take the Greek translation of the Old Testament and compare it with the New Testament, when you go to Hebrews 12, and I won't do that tonight, I have taken the time to look at it, but if you were to compare the word with the book of Hebrews, guess what? Hebrews chapter 12 says, do not despise the what? Discipline of the Lord. Same word. Why? 
Because you have to be trained. You don't just inherit. We talk about people inheriting. God may give you certain gifts, but unless you discipline yourself, and I'm saying all of this tonight because it's so important. You think you're going to open up the book of Proverbs, or you think you're going to live the Christian life without any effort, without any toil, absolutely impossible. You think you're going to take a, a verse of Scripture and all of a sudden, just by using it once, no, you're going to fail. But you know what? God's not done. That's part of the training. And you will learn that God's Word's true. So you come back to the Word and you use it again, and you use it again. And there isn't anybody that becomes skilled unless they, first of all, have the knowledge, and secondly, they discipline themselves over and over and over again by hard work. You don't become a successful engineer just by gaining the education. Those are the guys, I need to be careful with that. I, I don't want to be derogatory. I, I don't. But I have, I've sometimes read instructions, and I said an engineer had to write these instructions because they've given it for me to put together a child's toy, and I didn't even know what it's talking about. I don't know if you've ever received instructions. I don't mean, to mean that wrong. But, you know, who has got a thing that you've got to check to see if it's one millimeter? We don't have those tools. You know what I'm saying? You just can't gain knowledge and say, well, I know how to shoot baskets. Well, great. Go do it. Well, I can't put it in the hoop. No, you won't until you're trained in it until you absolutely train. And that is a reason, by the way, listen adults, don't accept from your children, I don't like rules. Without training, no one will ever be skilled in anything. You will not become a skilled pianist if you don't practice, 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 make mistakes, correct it, practice, practice. And the Christian life is the same way. Why do you think the Apostle Paul said, the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. The things I, I want to do, I don't end up doing. I'm in the struggle. Why do you think it says in Galatians, the flesh lessens against the spirit, the spirit lessens against the flesh? Why do you think? You think the Christian life is just easy? No. Suffering, trials, all of that is part of the training. That's what we find out in Scripture. And so he's saying this book of Proverbs is given to us so we can gain the intellectual knowledge with the outcome to be skilled. And also, he says, and receive instruction, receive discipline, receive what we need so that we can be who we ought to be. So the book is intended to give us mental and moral knowledge so that we will have skill for what? To live a life that's pleasing to God. And to have that life that's pleasing to God, we will have to be able to apply the scriptures, but we will also have to be able to discipline ourselves to do what it says over and over and over again. There must be discipline to please God. And we are absolutely helpless without God's help. So verse 2 deals with that fact. And we are to then apply those sayings of understanding. We are to then apply it. We are to express it in our lives. So we're to gain the knowledge, and then we're to know how to use that knowledge in everyday living, and it's as a result of being disciplined in verse 2. And then we will become a skilled. In other words, if I can allow, you can allow me to say this, basically it's a mature believer. If you want to become a mature believer, you will apply yourself to these things and use it over and over and over and over again. The substance of it, time is really flying on me. The substance in verses 3 to 5 is given from two perspectives, and I'll give them very quickly to you. One is from the, the, the student's perspective 
or the young person's perspective. What is it? Well, look at verse 3. It's to receive it. It's to hear it. Because it says to receive instruction in behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. We have to receive that instruction. We have to be told that this is right, that's wrong. We have to be told that this is the way you treat people. You don't show favoritism toward this person and not toward that person. You don't have a scale that is this way for one person and that way for another. That's not equity. You have to receive the information. And it'll give prudence to the naive, the youth knowledge and discretion. And he says this. He says, the wise men will hear. We're obviously looking to be the wise, not the foolish. We'll talk more about that. Not tonight. But the wise man, he's going to receive it. He's going to hear it. And what will he do? He will increase. And let me also say this, that that never stops. If it does, there's something wrong. If you happen to be 75 and you're here tonight, you should not stop hearing instruction. I know that we said it's geared toward young people, but we should always be learning. We should always be growing. We have to be receptive. We have to receive it. We have to hear it. We have to increase in our learning. When will education stop? After you get your master's degree or your doctorate degree? Absolutely not. Your education should stop as far as spiritual things when you're home with the Lord. And actually, I don't think it'll ever stop there either. We will always be learning. It's to give, and notice this, I have to deal with this aspect of it. If you go down to verse 5 for a minute, a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. What is that? Remember what I talked about wisdom? Listen carefully. It's skilled counseling. And I'm going to tell you because time's running away. The only one that's able to give skilled counseling by God's standard is someone who knows the word of God rightly divided. The emphasis today is on getting counsel from the professional. I can't tell you how many meetings I've been to. And I can tell, I can tell you in a meeting of 5,000 pastors two years in a row, what was overemphasized, not overemphasized, but emphasized again and again and again. The only ones who can rightly counsel are the ones who really know the word of God. And that's what God's saying here. So the young person should be looking to receive it, should be looking to hear it, should be looking to increase. And you want to know who good friends are right now already, young people? Get with people who know the word of God and are skilled in it and are living it out. That's to acquire skillful counsel. From the teacher's point of view, it says we are to give it out and we are to understand it ourselves, to give prudence to the naive. That's the teacher's perspective. And also to understand it. We need to not only give it out, we need to understand it. So where are we? We're the students, all of us, starting with myself, really of the word of God. Students to God teaching us. The book of Proverbs is designed so that we can gain knowledge. We can take that knowledge to become skilled. That'll happen by what? It'll happen by discipline. It'll happen by training. It'll happen by putting it into practice. And then ultimately, verse 6, what we have is that it'll happen by expressing it so that the proverb and the figure becomes the word that is lived. And we will understand what those riddles mean in life. I don't want to leave tonight without just addressing, I, I didn't give adequate 
explanation really to verses 4 through 6, but I want to get to verse 7 because that's the motto. The motto is this. As he's going to do, you can't begin to get off of first base without verse 7. It is the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of knowledge. You want to know? You want to be skillful? You cannot be skillful unless you start with the fear of the Lord. Now, what is that? We'll talk about that, not tonight. What is it? It is the beginning. Now, there's several debates on what the beginning means. I believe it means it's the chief thing. It's the first thing. The fear of the Lord. Understanding what the fear of the Lord. What does that look like? How does that look? The book of Proverbs will help us with that. By the way, it's not the only book. But the book of Proverbs will help us to see... You say, I fear the Lord. For example, do you hate sin? Do you love God's word? Love the people of God? We'll see a number of things. The fear of the Lord is where it all begins. And notice the comparison right away. It is the fool that despise skillfulness and training. The fool, dis the, the fool despises that. He doesn't want to be skillful. He wants it right away, quick, now. What else? He doesn't want discipline. Doesn't want to take the time. Doesn't want to put in the work. Doesn't want to put in the energy. What will happen? The fool, let me tell you this already tonight, as it sets the tone in these few verses, it says that these proverbs are given so that we can train ourselves. Or God can train us is what I should say. So we'll be skillful in knowing how to live for him. We'll have the right knowledge, not just, remember, we've already looked at the fact that there's wisdom that comes from man, and some of it's good, but the wisdom that comes from above is what we're really interested in. And that wisdom will help us to live a life morally that'll be pleasing to the Lord. It'll help us to understand righteousness, justice, wise behavior, and equity, but it will require discipline. And it all starts with fearing the Lord. Those who despise it, what does that word despise mean, by the way? I should spend just a moment on that. It means basically to regard as worthless. You see a person who takes the word of God and it's useless. You see a person who takes the book of Proverbs and say, well, that's nice, that's fine, but it mean anything to me. He's despising it. You see a person who despises wanting to be skilled, to be the best that they can be. All I want to do is just get by this way. It's a fool. I believe we should be training our young people to be the best that they can be in whatever. Does it sound like a little bit of what 1 Corinthians says? That whether therefore I eat, I drink, or whatsoever I do, do all, what? To the glory of God? You mean to tell me that every area of our life should be that way? Mm -hmm. Playing an instrument? Yes. Not just to get by. Cleaning a building? Mm -hmm. Not just to get by. You mean playing a sports event? Mm -hmm. Not just to get by. You mean being a parent just to be a so-so parent? Mm -hmm. You want to be skilled. You want to go through discipline. In what sense? You'll make mistakes. 
God will use that in your training. You'll have to go back to scripture. You'll have to go back and use it. But the fool says, I don't want to go through that process. And he doesn't want the fear of God in his heart. What will happen, we will learn, is the fool will become corrupt, corrupt, will make very poor choices in life, and those choices will lead to moral destruction. It will lead to destruction even in practical areas of life. So what is the book of Proverbs for? Why are we going to study some of these topics? Why are we going to do it? What was it designed for? These Proverbs were not just nice sayings. It wasn't just like we have today. Look before you leap. It's a great proverb. That's not how these are. These Proverbs that we have recorded here are designed so that we might gain the knowledge so we can become skillful in godly living and go through the process of being trained and disciplined so that we can, verse 6, understand, or the end of verse 2, understand or express it in our lives so that God will get the glory and it all begins with the fear of the Lord. Hopefully that sets the tone and that will be, so you can start looking that up if you want because it's going to be a little bit of a break when I'm going away. That'll be the first topical study. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for the book of Proverbs and I look forward to the study of various topics that we will now look at, and I do pray that you'd help us to be open to receive the instruction, first of all, to hear it, and that, Father, we would desire to be skilled in our Christian life. Help us to realize that it comes with training, it comes with discipline, it comes with work, toil, and effort, no different from what you instruct in the New Testament, that we are to be workers, laborers in the word of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. Help us, Father, to learn that so that, Father, we might be pleasing to you. And help us to realize that all knowledge starts with the fear of God. Help us, Father, to live our life that's pleasing to you. Help us to desire to read the book of Proverbs, that we might gain that instruction, the expression of that instruction, and be able to work it out, apply it, every day in our lives so that we would please you. Thank you for this time together. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.